What's up, meeples? On this week's show, we go old-school Hanna-Barbera style as we talk about our game feature of the week, Wacky Races. Along with Paul bringing you the weekly news, Kickstarter campaigns and event information, this is the podcast with Crony Gaming Community. What's up guys, my name is Jason. My name's Ian. We are two game club organisers shooting the breeze about tabletop gaming. So pop the kettle on, grab a brew, and let's go on to today's episode. And for today's episode, as always, we are going to start with the games that we have purchased and had delivered. Then we're going to talk about the games we've played. And then finally, we're going to talk about our feature of the week, which this week is the Wacky Races board game. And I can't wait to talk about that. So Ian, how have you been this week? And have you been spending yet more money? Been a busy week, and for once, no, I haven't. And no Kickstarters have decided to arrive either after my massive haul of stuff last week. <laughs> it's gone barren this week. It would appear that they've all turned up on my doorstep instead, because I have had a fair few things turn up. Uh, first and foremost, uh, Marvel Crisis Protocol. I've had another pack turn up. I had the Punisher and Taskmaster pack turn up, and the miniature of a Taskmaster looks absolutely gorgeous while the punisher just kind of looks a bit pants i'm gonna have to say someone in their marketing campaign needs to be shot for thinking that pairing up the names punisher and taskmaster in a a booster pack was a sensible idea (laughs) it is a bit of a weird pairing isn't it (laughs) that is not an innuendo in the making in no way shape or form not at all well done atomic mass games What else have I had uh, turn up this week? Well, I have had a Kickstarter turn up. I have had my Kickstarter delivery of Taxi Derby. I've not actually opened this yet, but I am very much looking forward to doing that very soon. I might even be trying to open it on camera to see how we go with some video. That's all that's turned up on the gaming front. However, I've had a few more uh, more army painter paints turn up to start filling out my cases. So that that's that's what's been turning up for me this week. So what what games have you been playing? That's the that's the real question. That's what we really care about. So we had a good laugh at Wednesday just gone with our um, local gaming group finally getting starting to gain headway again. Um, we cracked out a six player game of Downforce with the new expansion using the track with the ramps on it. And I thoroughly enjoyed that. I do think that's a really good option for the game. And the track was quite interesting. It's quite a tight track. Yeah, I mean, I didn't get to join in on that game, but I I was watching uh, the game that you guys were playing, and I really like the new mechanics that the the expansion has brought out with it. Um, looking forward to seeing that other side of the board, though. I love the idea with the um, the snakes and and stuff like that moving I want to about. Put an elephant on the track. <laughs> it's actually one of the options. <laughs> So yeah, really looking forward to seeing that. Maybe we might even crack that out this week at the yep. uh, the coming club. The only downside is now I'm going to have to find miniatures for the animals. We, <laughs> oh yeah, we've replaced the cars miniatures. Now the time for the animals. Time to hit the toy stores. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> uh, other games that we have been playing this week. I have managed to get in another playthrough of Root. Uh, this time I played as the Woodland Alliance, and my god, was that a massively different gameplay altogether. 
yeah, it, it it was a big learning curve stepping up from the uh, the cat faction up to the uh, the Woodland Alliance. Again, going back to the comic shop, we also um, had a game of skulls that hit the table. I actually chose to let other people play, and one of those being Jason. Social deduction games are always priceless, and this was no exception. It was great fun to watch. I think you had most of the store not getting involved, but all crowding around to see what was going on and just joining in with the laughter, the fun, and the joke. Indeed, yeah. Uh, did a social deduction um, push your luck game. Fantastic game. Very easy. Fun to play. Bluffing, you know, poker face and all that. It's it's a really good game to play. I'm usually really good at it. Wasn't so good at it this time. I, I started really well, but uh, then I just got a bit cocky trying to take on like you do such certain a thing. other players and uh, <laughs> I lost. It was funny. That was pretty much it for all the games that I have played this week. However, I have been doing a lot more hobby. I have been painting up the last tray of miniatures I have for my Zombicide game. So it may well become the only game I have ever owned that I've managed to paint to completion before having to expand it. Even I've been having paint sessions with one of my friends. It's been our way of chilling catching up and me trying to learn that side of the hobby at the moment which has been quite interesting and also um been catching up on the video game side of things lately um me and my friend cassie have started back on raft she's just bought it recently and that is one of my i I love survival games anyway so that's been another really chill relaxing way to enjoy my evenings at the moment raft is a very very good game i do remember we used to play it a little while back but it's nice to see that they've now updated the game a little bit Uh, releasing the second scenario uh, for everyone to play through. So I will be picking that game up again very soon. Yeah, I think we're going to try and get like about five or six of us trying to go at once and uh, and see what it's like with the higher player count. Yeah, especially on a small raft. I've had a couple more plays of Star Wars Squadron in the past week as well. Um, Still determining as to whether I really am in love or... Or not with that game. I, at the moment, I can safely say I, I love that game to pieces. Um, as to its longevity with me is always tough when it comes to computer games. They really have to try and hook me uh, for me to continue to love them the way I do. Those are the games we played this week. And we're going to move on to our main feature game of the week. And the game that we have chosen to talk about this week is Wacky Races The Board Game. Wacky Races is a fun, fast, hand management racing game for 2-6 to six players with a very appealing age rating of 14+. Plus <laughs> and an even better statistic of just 10-15 to 15 minutes to play a game. I love how short this game is. Players take on the role of your favourite cartoon racers from that classic and still running TV show and race to become the winner of the Wacky Races. So, Ian, that's a very quick rundown of what the game is, but now it's your turn to tell us how the game is played. So, in Wacky Races, you pick one of the ten racers that are available to you. Dick Dastardly Muttley's Mean Machine is not an available playable car. There are reasons for this, which we will come on to later. He, he interacts with the game much like he does in the cartoon series. Once you've picked your character, you have four special abilities that you can use throughout your turns. They get exhausted as you use them. You require certain spaces on the board to be able to get any of those back. So you are limited on your uses of the abilities. And you have a hand of three cards in any turn. Each of those cards will have a colour that matches the spaces on the board. 
for example, there are um, Pereri spaces, which are, have like a yellow border um, and a forest terrain tile as a green border, etc. You move out of your tiles. The first move you make on any turn, any card can be discarded. From that point on for the rest of the turn, moving out of a space must require the same color card as the space you're currently on. So, for example, you need the yellow Pereri to move out of a Pereri space. Each space can hold two races. So if the space you're moving into has already got two occupied cars in it, you skip to the next space. Um, you can move up to the three cards if, if you have the right matching cards in your hand. But obviously, once you, if your last card doesn't match the moving out the last space, that's when your turn finishes. Um, midway in the game, there is a gas station that requires everyone to stop for fuel. And then on the second half of the board, there is a random special tile added into the game, um, which will require specific things to be able to navigate through it to replicate all of the different tracks that the Racky Racers race on. There are rules for neutral races, so you always have six races, cars racing in the game. And Dick Dastardly um, has his own set of rules. Once he gets ahead, like in the cartoon series, he will start laying traps for the people coming up towards him. So there's always obstacles to try and get around as you race through the game as well. And at the end of the day, this is a race. First person to the, win the finish line wins. Perfect. So very, very simple rules. Very easy to understand. And I've got to admit, from playing through this game multiple times now, it is an incredibly thematic game. I mean, the first and foremost thing to say here is, although this is a racing game, do not think of it as a racing game. It is far, far from the likes of your... Formula D, Downforce, etc, etc. This is more heavily aimed at the thematic side. Yeah, it's light-hearted, it's quick, it's simple rules, it's designed to be a fun game. So, another comment I will say straight off the bat. Um, I promote this as a family game. The, a the, f the age rating of 14 plus is utter rubbish. I would say 8 plus. I think is a, is a fair estimate for this game. Board Game Geek agrees with you on that front. And we were discussing this beforehand. The only thing we can think of is they were probably being pushed into a 14 plus age group um, purely for the fact that the miniatures that this game comes with can be quite delicate. So they could be classed as a hazard. And also, I suppose then you're arguing that possibly the theme of the game is it's set on, it is based off the original Wacky Races cartoons. Could also be argued like there are, one thing I'm just thinking of on the spot is they have still labelled all of the characters and all of the cars with their original names, which includes the Slag Brothers in the Bouldermobile, you know, and look, you've only got to look at things like Transformers where the Triceratops, I think if I've got this right, used to be called Slag and they had to rebrand it because of the way terminology has changed over the years so that also could be the other age rating issue here yep that's uh entirely a possibility but um before we go into our f you know our, our real thoughts on the game how about we talk about the components that come in this box um so let's start with the box as we always do we love artwork on boxes and this one's good it has a really nice cartoonized artwork it does show Five playable characters and Dastardly and Muttley on there. Yep, and it, it looks it looks like you would see it on the TV show, to be honest. It is very, very good. I have to say, this is up there with the Thunderbirds box, box art. It is really good. Yeah, so yeah, very thematic on that. It's nice to see um, Muttley leaning out of, the, uh, out, of the, out of the car, just dropping drawing pins in front of all the other racers. <laughs> so that leads us into the box, and 
unfortunately, this kind of leads us into a game of two halves. I think we were discussing beforehand. Yes. So literally, keeping this as a game of two halves, the box is literally split into racers and game components, you know, like tiles and game components. So we'll start with the the bottom half of the box, which is the, the you know, the, the racing tiles. So the first thing you come to is the starting grid. Uh, which is a foldable piece of cardboard. It has the equivalent of what is six six spaces on it. It's nice. It is nice. It is literally got the artwork printed on it from from a standard piece. It's, it's quite flimsy. Yeah, I hate that's going to come up a lot. Yeah, I, I hate to start things on a negative, but um, it is very very flimsy. You know, we are talking one mil thick card. Yeah, um, with a hinge in it too. Th- this this game gets a fair amount of usage from. Uh, from my part and where the it is foldable it it has started to sort of crease and and fade a little bit on that on that uh, that center hinge there one plus note about the start grid though is it's very clear on how the game starts you have a start finish uh, a start straight sorry you have the first four tiles are all the first four terrain types so they are Forest right after the start line, Perari, uh, which are the yellow tiles, so forest are green, Perari are yellow, you have desert, which are the red tiles, and you have the farms, which are the purple tiles. After that, there's two generic spaces for the fifth and sixth place starts, and Darsley and Mutley's starting space. They're also clearly labelled out, so each place on the starting grid starts on an opposite side of the track. As we said, two people can occupy the same space, so the forest tile for example the car starts on the left indicated by like a check uh, you know like a check lane side of it to match the starting grid and it alternates all the way down the grid the next thing you come to in the box is actually the finishing tile it is a half moon shape it has a little bit of artwork on it of basically a grandstand with cartoonized characters watching the finish line again very very thin cardboard but this one doesn't tend to move all that much it gets put down on the on the table and doesn't really move so that's not so bad the next thing you come to are the tiles that you use to make your racing track they're very much similar the other ones they are fairly flimsy but it is the same artwork on every single tile with the respective color but it is nice artwork though it is very nice artwork. I'll give that a very nice cartoonized artwork. It is like just what you'd see in the background of the cartoon series. Even the special tiles are nice. These tiles, it's very difficult to really figure out what to say about these, but the best way to try and describe what what shape they are, Ian actually described it earlier as a fish. <laughs> um, and I can see where he's coming from on this. It's got a rounded... around The right-hand side of the tiles are rounded... And the rear end of the tiles is like a two-pronged event. The idea being is that you will curve the track at some point around when you're laying the tiles. So um, you want to be um, able to position these so they link up in any way. My issue is they just don't sit very nicely on the table. No. It's good in the sense of the way they've done it. You can play this in a very, very small space. And it's quick to set up as well. And it's incredibly quick to set up. But... At the sacrifice of people that aren't essentially playing on a you know a one person dining table, for example, yeah, I, I would rather have had maybe a board. You also can't sleeve these either. No, I'm uh, I disagree with the board statement. I think I might have preferred like interlocking puzzle pieces because you want to be able to randomize which tiles are in what order every time you play to increase increase replayability. But I just would have liked something or even a board to put these on. 
you know, so you you know how it's going to lay out and you know how big the track's going to be each time. Yeah. So yeah, that's the um, that's the tiles for for your uh, your racing track. Saying that, plus note, if multiple people buy this game, you could, in, in theory, make one colossally huge race. We have to try that. <laughs> we both have a copy of this game. Okay, so the next thing that you come to, and this is the last pile of things, shall we say, in uh, this half of the box, which is your character cards. Now, these are mini American size, so X-Wing players will know exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, in this pile, there is multiple different card types. You have Dick Dastardly's draw deck, which is his, uh, his tricks. You also have your individual character ability cards, which will be handed out to each player to go on their player boards, which we will talk about very soon. And then finally, you have the movement cards, which are obviously reminiscent of the tiles that you will be moving around onto. Now... This is where the cardstock does get better. These are very clearly standardized cardstock. So mini American cards, as I said, they are a lot more durable. I can't fault these at all. The artwork on them is really nice. Actually, at this point, it does remind me of the old school cartoon because it's, it's very clearly old cartoonized artwork as opposed to new cgi stuff yeah the other thing to note is i do believe the box i'm guessing here because we haven't sleeved these yet but i think the box is big enough it's definitely wide enough to fit sleeved cards in Um, whether you can fit the whole lot sleeved in i'm starting to be a bit nervous on but looks like it should all fit and the final mini american card that you have in here is basically a reference card for the neutral racers activation that is the first half of the box complete. Now on to the best part of this box. So I think Jason's going to have to put a, um image of his set of these onto the um, social media accounts because Jason has got his commission painted. But these are some of the best minis, cool mini or not, who made this game have done for a long time. Yeah, so included in this box, obviously you have 11 miniatures in here replicating all of the original races that you found in the TV show. 10 of which, as we've already said, are playable. And then you obviously get the awesome Dick Dastardly. So these miniatures, when you buy this game, and it's fair to say at this point there is actually two versions of this game. This game comes with unpainted minis. And that is the copy that technically both of us have. Uh, As Ian has already said, I paid some pretty good money to have these things commissioned painted right before Call Mini or Not announced that they were also going to release a deluxe version uh, which is approximately double the price um, but they will come with painted minis and we've had a look at the images of these and I know that one of the members in the community does actually have a copy of this and they look stunning they really are worth every penny so just picking some of these miniatures up the attention to detail on these miniatures is amazing I mean, Cool Mini or Not have the, rep- you know, I mean, Mini is in their company name, but Cool Mini or Not are renowned for good miniature games. I love Zombicide. We all know this. Again, Zombicide's big forte is its miniatures. The one advantage of this game is it does feel like they spent more time on the detail on the miniatures because there is a limited number of them. Yeah, I mean, right now I have the meme machine in my hand and running my my finger over the engine at the back and the, to have rivet detail is phenomenal on a car that's technically so small you know imagine it as like a very small die cast uh model and you know that's what you've got but obviously plastic it's you know the tires have got tread on them 
you know, it's it's fantastic. They've really, really stepped up their game. There's detail under the miniatures as well. It's not like the bits that you wouldn't normally see while the game is in motion. It's not like they gave up on those either. So, yeah, I mean, top, I, I think literally top marks to, to call me or not for the quality of these miniatures. I mean, even if you never wanted to play the game, I'd happily pay that money for these miniatures. They yeah. are absolutely stunning. And, you know, an RRP of around £40 for the 11 miniatures that come in here, it's really, really good. Yeah. Really, really good. Okay, so the real question here, Ian, is who is your favourite racer? And if different, what's your favourite mini that comes in this set? So one of my favourite racers is race at number eight, the Arkansas Chuggabug with Lazy Luke and Blubber Bear. I just loved the laid-back attitude to it all in the cartoon series anyway. And the miniature's actually pretty good for this. I mean, all of them are so good. It's very hard to pick a favourite out of the wacky racers because they're all as insane as each other, but immensely fun i mean one of my favorite miniatures in this has to be the converter car miniature because there's so much detail in this one model you know they've even got like the you know the pistons and the engines and stuff in the back and remembering that transforming and changing all the time was always good fun another one that the minis i wouldn't say bad but doesn't have the same memories that the actual racing car did is the bulletproof bomb with the anthill mob because the anthill mob were always priceless. Yeah, I think if I had to pick a characters or a set of characters, I suppose, from the original TV series, I, they were the ones that stuck in my mind. You know, the, the anthill mob were amazing. I, lo- I do love the miniature for it, but unfortunately, because of the nature of the fact that they were essentially just driving a car you know (laughs) whereas all of the others had some kind of contraption that they were driving around in to to pick a miniature that i absolutely love it is it's really really hard to actually pick one here um just purely i I think as weird as it sounds i'm gonna go with the slag brothers and the um the boulder because it just it's so simple yet so classic it has so much character to it you know, it, it's got the two characters in there, both holding their clubs up. And it just puts a small movie in my head of them driving along, hitting things with their with the boulders as they go. Or each other. Or each other, indeed. But even the detail on that one mini, it's it effectively a boulder with two characters poking out the top. But there's so much detail inside just the actual plastic mold. I, I think right now we need to stop. Uh, we need to stop salivating over the miniatures that come in the game. So we have one final component that we need to cover in this, and this is the one that hides under the plastic uh, inserts that we have here, and that is your character cards. Not really much to say about these, but they're a nice sort of size um, because they're designed to hold four of those mini American cards, which are your abilities. They have a nice picture in the corner of the character that you are playing, and then like a blueprint of the the vehicle that you are actually in control of and it shows you where the abilities come from as well on that on that blueprint which i think is a really nice touch yeah it's fantastic a lot of attention to detail went into these so that is all the components that comes in this game and i mean it doesn't sound like a lot and to be honest the box could probably be half the size would we say yeah it's the Depth of the box is a bit OTT as well as the cardstock is tiny. Another thing we haven't covered is the size, the colossal size of the rule book. It is it's a very clear rule book. It's very well laid out. It's nice and simple. 
but the book is the size of the box it's huge yeah and we're talking a standard board game size box here so 30 about 30 centimeters by 30 centimeters so think of all the things we've just listed off to you and just try and imagine how much space is in this box it's a lot so ian alluded earlier to dick dastardly having some separate rules i would like to now talk about those rules because this is where i think the game really brings the theme to life so dick dastardly's rules obviously in the cartoon series he finds his way to the front and causes havoc when he gets there the way he works is um, he ignores all like game rules and all traffic rules. The last colour tile in the discard pile at the end of everyone's turn, he moves to the next available tile of that colour. If that happens to be in front of everyone else, so be it. And he will scoot past everyone. If he's in the lead, he starts laying traps. Yep, and as soon as he lays a trap by getting out in front, he then goes all the way to the back. Or very similar to how it was in the cartoon where he set his trap and then... S- instead of steaming ahead, would sit there and watch his trap. make sure it works. Yeah. Which it never does. And yeah, some of the traps that he can set in this are absolute filth. They are hilarious. They're great fun. I mean, just to give you a good old Hanna-Barbera style, one of them is the painted tunnel. Classic Hanna-Barbera, that is. Obviously, there is no physical way, and again, very thematic, but there is no physical way that Dick Dastardly can win this race. There is literally no way. But yeah, sometimes... uh, One thing I will say about this mechanic, though, and there's been a couple of games where I've had this, he never once got out in front. Yeah. We're not sure how to fix that issue. The inherent way the game is designed, it can be played around because whoever ends up as the last player can pick where he goes, basically, which can be awkward. But again, this is a simple game with simple rules. You you start overcomplicating things, you take away the element of speed and ease to play the game. And like I say, I, I the way it does play out is very thematic, and I do feel if they went any further with giving him separate rules or whatever, it would actually detract from that theme. So yeah, that that is that is basically Wacky Races. Not really too sure what else we can really tell you about it other than our own thoughts. Now, I am very heavily in the, invested in this theme. I watched Wacky Races when I was a little lad. I used to watch Catch the Pigeon as well uh, with Dick Dastardly and Muttley. So has it captured the theme? I think I've answered that. Yes, it has captured the theme for me. But how does the game play? That is a different question altogether. What are your thoughts on the gameplay aspect? I thought it's not too bad. Um, I've said, We discussed this before we started today. I struggle a little bit because if I want to play a racing game, there are far better options. You know, you've seen us cream over downforce repeatedly. And again, the fact that I've played it this week at the comic book shop shows how just good that game is. However, I would happily come back and play this. Mm. It's much more light-hearted. There is skill involved with all the abilities that you have. It plays quite nicely. My it, The downsides to it is your luck dependent on the three cards you get each turn when you refresh your hand, about how far you can actually move in a given turn, and then you know who's in front of you at that point. And as we said, the trap mechanic is hit and miss because it depends if Dick Dastardly can get to the front and who manages to start him getting there. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm going to echo everything you said. I love, I like the game, but um, if if you're if you're wanting to play a racing game, there are better. There are far better out there. However, this is very light-hearted. 
this will definitely appeal to the families. Luckily enough, because the, the TV show is still active, the kids will assimilate to the theme and the adults will also assimilate to the theme through the nostalgic front. So this is definitely a game that the family can play. I know my little one absolutely loves this game. It's one of the games that we do break out quite often. For two to six players now, I will admit I, I prefer this with six players. I don't like the rules of having uh, automated characters. But I can understand why they're there. Yeah, I definitely understand why they're there. But it's it's one of them things of I would probably find myself not playing this as much if uh, amongst adult friends, should we say, or at gaming clubs, um, unless I had the full six players. But that being said, a six player game that can be played in 20 minutes is phenomenal. I cannot say a bad word against that. The downtime, it's it's minimal. You know, we're talking sort of a couple of minutes. And the thing is, although you're not doing anything when it's not your turn, it's fun to watch what's happening. It is always fun because you will find characters jumping over you. You'll find you jumping over other characters. And like I said, it's very thematic. There is a fair bit of replayability with this game, though. You have 10 races to pick from. You're only ever going to use six, even with neutral players. They've all got four abilities each, you know, so there's plenty to chop and change with and play around. And with the tracks, there's four special tiles for the second half of the track. So that's going to change. So there's plenty of variation. You mix and match which order the tiles are going to be in as well. So you never quite know whether you're going to be lucky or not. There is some luck based in this game. So that should be, you know, makes it quite interesting long term. Yeah, I, I think uh, I think there's a fair amount of replayability. Um, although the track is always going to be fairly short, it's going to be fairly quick. Like you said, those constantly randomised special tiles for the second half definitely change up the game. If you want to make the game a little bit harder, which I think we've done on a couple of occasions now, is actually... Add one into the add, start. Add one of those uh, special tiles to the start of the uh, the track as well. Okay, so that is Wacky Races, the board game. So I'm I'm just going to ask one final question on this for both myself and Ian, and that is, who's this game for? I'm going to say, and I think you'll agree with me on this, it's more geared for the family market and it's geared on the nostalgia market. There's a lot more against the IP than there is the game. However, that's not to take away from the game. I do think this is a fantastic game. It's a lovely, quick, small family night game that still has a lot on offer for the top tier gamers. It's not going to satisfy your itch for a long haul, big, complicated battle. Even if you want a long haul racing game, that's when you turn to the likes of Formula D. This isn't that, but it's not advertising itself as that. It's a lighthearted, fun family game that can can cater for a wide range of players. Yeah, I, I'm going to echo basically those exact words. The game is very, very clearly more aimed at the family market. However, it has fairly good game mechanics, which will be enjoyed by seasoned uh, veteran gamers, if you like. Um, this has been along to a fair few of our game evenings and has been very well received. However, it's not going to be one of them games that people come down and go, I want to play that the whole evening. This is definitely a game that is maybe the closing start or an end to an evening. It's yeah. a warm up, warm up or warm down game, or just something to chill with. If you're not up for a really heavy game, this is your game. 
I think it's got a lot to offer. And as you said, the minis themselves more than make up for the price tag on this. Yes. So if you're interested in the Wacky Races board game, like I said, there are two different editions of this, if you like, available. You have the unpainted version, which is the version we have here in front of us, uh, which you're looking at a retail version at being about the £40 mark in the UK. Look around online, you might be able to find it a little bit cheaper. I know that our local gaming store has a copy of this on the way. So, you know, anyone from Crawley that is interested in this, the comic shop is is going to have that in stock very, very soon. And we most weeks have this with us to try as well. We do indeed. And the other version of this, which is sold as the deluxe version, really the only difference between them is that the deluxe version comes with painted minis, but you are looking at an RRP value in the region of about £80 and that's a little bit harder to find that is an online only job I think so um, would I recommend this game yeah definitely recommend it but don't uh, don't be expecting it to be some kind of serious racing game so guys that is Wacky Races the board game Um, we hope that you have enjoyed our little mini chat about the game if you like and our opinions on the game it's a very tough one Uh, for us to really talk about because i know that we're both heavily invested in the theme of this game Um, but as pretty dedicated board gamers now we were hoping for a little bit more but at the same time it's not advertised that way so maybe it was us really thinking that it was going to be something more when it wasn't Um, but overall we both recommend this game it's definitely worth playing pleasantly surprised i think that's a good description yeah yeah definitely have any of you tried the Wacky Races a board game? Did you enjoy it? Is it a game that you would like to try? As Ian said, we have this with us most times. We have two separate copies of it. Let us know by contact- contacting us on any of our social media sites. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, all that loveliness. Just search for the podcast recorded game community. You can also give us a, a, your opinions on our Discord server as well, which... Links to that will be on all of the social media sites as well. So now over to our own Mean Machine driver. He's never won a race and and his traps always fail. Over to our our co-pilot, Brian, and his driver, Paul. Stop the darky, 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 stop the darky. How? Nab him, jab him, tab him, grab him, stop that ducky now! Yeah, it doesn't really work in the confines of the shed, does it? Me chasing you? Well, Dastardly and Muttley were in the follow-up to Wacky Races. They're bound to make a board game about it at some point. You know what? The other characters in the show, Clunk and Zilly, who do they remind you of? Yep, Jason and Ian. Yeah. hope they didn't hear that. We don't want to repeat it last week. I know it is them, isn't it, really? <laughs> anyway, I've got to go and read this news, okay? Are you keeping quiet this week? Oh, right. First up, despite Corona, fans of board and card games do not have to miss out on the world's largest games convention this year, Essenspiel. With more than 400 exhibitors from 41 different nations, the first online edition of the world's largest board and card game convention launches today. Well, that's if you're listening to the podcast on launch, obviously. For everyone else, it's the weekend from Thursday the 22nd of October through to Sunday the 25th. 
which should hopefully give us some juicy news for next week. In recent months, the organisers have created a lavishly programmed, multifaceted online event where visitors from all over the world will be able to play hundreds of new board and card games at virtual gaming tables. Nobody needs to do without the beloved game explainers either. An extensive supporting programme with game designer sessions, competitions, prize draws, interesting industry panels and webinars as well as official live streams in multiple languages round off what's on offer at Spiel Digital. The organisers, Friedhelm Merz Verlag, were confronted with a special challenge when the face-to-face event Spiel had to be postponed this year due to the corona pandemic. To transfer board games of all things into the digital space sounds like squaring the circle. However, the extensive and sophisticated concept for this year's Spiel Digital convinced hundreds of exhibitors from all over the world at the first attempt. This means that new games releases can be tested at virtual gaming tables and indeed purchased. A large international supporting program will provide entertainment and offer interesting insights behind the scenes of the gaming world. Discussions with game designers and publishers are on offer as are official live streams in German, English, French, Spanish, Portuguese, Italian and Russian. Thanks to the digital event format, many foreign game fans will be able to participate in Spiel for the very first time this year. A little while ago we brought you news of a sale of a rare Pokemon card that had exceeded previous records of purchase. It was a single card awarded to winners of one of seven regional tournaments in Japan that invited the winners to Tokyo for a super secret battle on August 22nd, 1999. That card sold for $90,000. We, of course, don't need to tell you all how popular Pokemon cards are. Ian's always banging on about them. Whether your interest is still in trading card games, across various video game platforms, or even solely just for the nostalgia, there's always an interest in Pokemon, and most people will have a memory associated with it. Well, records are made to be broken. Since the auction of that super-secret battle card, there's been a purchase of a shiny Charizard card. Bidding began at $40,000 before quickly surpassing the former record of $90,000 and continued its way to an astonishing $226,000 or £173,000. To be specific, the card in question was a 1999 first edition shadowless holographic Charizard number no. 4, graded at Gem Mint 10 by the card experts at PSA. What that means is the card had been graded practically perfect, with four sharp corners, full original gloss and sharp focus, with no staining of any kind. The card was bought by former rapper Logic, who later commented on Instagram. When I was a kid I absolutely loved Pokemon, but couldn't afford the cards. I remember even trying to trade food stamps for them, and now, as an adult who has saved every penny he has made, being able to enjoy something like that I've loved since childhood, now as a grown man is like buying back a piece of something I could never have. It's not about the material, it's about the experience. We're heading over to Kickstarter now, and the first game up on our list is Skeptics, a board game of paranormal investigation. It's out on the 27th of October, it's for one to four players, and take you about three quarters of an hour to an hour to play. Our task here, like with other places we have investigated before, is to find out if there is any truth to the reports from people who have supposedly encountered spirits. They tell their stories, and we show up to try to find any proof to what they say they have experienced. 
So far, we have not encountered a true haunting. Everything has always been easily explained. This place, though, this one seems different compared to the others. Strange things have happened that we cannot explain yet, and some of my partners even claim to have seen the ghosts themselves. This time, it may actually be the real thing. Skeptics is a cooperative dice-rolling game where players explore potentially haunted locations to prove the existence of ghosts. One to four of you take on the role of investigators gathering evidence of the paranormal. Investigators race against the clock exploring rooms and rolling dice to match icon sets to search, reveal and solve clues. Each clue will lead investigators one step closer to revealing the ghost. Environment cars are drawn every hour which may have hazards and conditions that will impede the investigators progress. Investigators win if the existence of the ghost can be proven in time but investigators fail if the time runs out. Also on the 27th of October is a game called Brick and Mortar for two to four players taking one to two hours. Brick and Mortar is a competitive game of narrow margins, quirky stores and strategic market manipulation. Over a series of rounds, two to four players manage a collection of stores trying to maximize profits, build equity and undercut the competition amid a fickle market that can change at the whim of their opponents. Each round, players simultaneously determine the market, speculate on resources, sell what they can, invest in victory points and manage their storefronts. Each new store in a player's building provides unique benefits and restrictions. In the end, the player with the greatest investment in both stores and points wins. On the 28th of October is Clash of Armies for 2-4 to four players, taking 20-50 to 50 minutes to play. Clash of Armies Medieval is a deck building game where you have to build your biggest army and your toughest fortification. It's a two player game but can be played by up to six players with an expansion. Your goal is to generate enough hit points to be the winner. You begin with a simple deck and then with these cards you may gather resources which allows you to buy stronger armies and fortifications. Cards are available in the market and both players start with the same deck. Up to 10 different type of cards are available, ranging from regular resources and soldier to faction units. Five factions in the main deck. Heroes, queens and kings, special units, special cards, siege weapons, fortifications and events. The fortifications are used to protect you, avoiding damage points from your enemy. Once you acquire and play these fortification cards, you can place them in front of you so you can gather troops on fortifications for better and more complex attacks. Your enemy may also build fortifications, so you'd have to get some siege weapons to destroy them first. Beware, building the largest deck may not be the best strategy. Try and create the most efficient one. Events in the game are historically accurate events that happen throughout history. And we're moving over to gaming events. I'd firstly like to thank the guys and gals who came down to the Mid-Sussex Meeples Gaming Day last weekend. Although we were short on numbers, we certainly weren't short on spirit. Plenty of strategy, cussing and laughs were had over way too many games to count. And despite these restrictions, we had one new inductee and another popping in to inquire on the group. Mid-Sussex Meeples will be back... Yeah, hopefully... On the 22nd of November, when we return to our Sunday slot for our last event of the year. But that's not to say you have to wait till then to get a gaming fix, because you still have the weekly groups running in Crawley, Lewis and now Worthing. Jason and Ian would love to see you all on Wednesday for gaming at the comic shop, running between 6 and 10 at the comic shop, 42 High Street, Crawley, RH10 1BW. £3 a head, 
and plenty of refreshments available on site. I'd also like to add that the guys over at the comic shop have certainly embraced gaming in all its forms and now boasts a very large selection of board games with more coming in each week. So even if you can't make the Wednesday sessions, if you're in the vicinity, pop in for a peek or even stop for a coffee and a bit of cake. And Dave, over in Lewis on Thursday night, would love for you to attend Trinity Gaming Cafe and Lewis Board Games Club between 7.30 and 11.30 at the Trinity Church, Arbinger Place, Lewis, BN7 2QA. Again, £3 a head and refreshments available on site. Ransack Board Game Lounge and Escape Rooms in Worthing also have their doors open late on a Thursday for Worthing board gamers from 7 till 10. Thursday evenings lets gamers play at a reduced rate from weekdays at just £2 per person, with a selection of hot and cold food and drinks available for purchase. So head down to 24 to 26 Portland Road, Worthing, BN 11 1QN. It's best to head on over to ransack.co.uk to book a space as table is limited on a Thursday evening. And that's all from the shed this week. And yes, it still is a shed. You tell them. So it's a goodbye from him. And a goodbye from me. Stay safe and safe gaming. Thanks for that, Paul. And thank you guys for joining us once again. We hope you've enjoyed our discussion about Wacky Races, the board game. If you did enjoy what you have heard today, please do leave us a review on whatever podcast service you have heard this on. Give us a thumbs up. Give us a share. Give us a subscribe. All that fun goodness. If you've watched this on the YouTube channel, then please do like, share, subscribe, all that. It really does help more than you will ever know. Also, comment away, people. We'd love to hear your views. But that about wraps it up for this week, guys. Unless, Ian, do you have anything else you want to add this week? I need to come and join us on our Monday Discords. They're still running. Um, or we're now we're back if you want to meet us in person. We are at the Wednesday nights at the comic book shop. Indeed we are. Come on down, have a game. All under the COVID rules, we are following what the government tell us to, begrudgingly, but we are. And as long as they don't change their mind, which they do every five minutes, we will continue to do so. (laughs) Yeah, indeed we will. But that's all from us this week, guys. Thank you very, very much for joining us. We will see you again next week for more tabletop gaming goodness. Game safe, and we'll see you then. Have a lovely week, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye.